Live Church, how you feeling? Good to see y'all. It's good to see you all. Did you miss me? I missed you too, man. It's good to see you guys. As Pastor Ryan said, man, it's so good to be back. Um, man, I love you guys. So much has happened in my life and is happening at this amazing church. I'm so proud of y'all. Look at y'all coming to the hood. I said, what? <laughs> Life Church is like Visa card. They're everywhere. Um, but man, that is, that's awesome to see what God is doing. I love your pastors. He called me this morning, and I was almost late to church. I'm like, Pastor Aaron, it's going to be okay. Um, trust me. I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. I got you. I got you, dog. I got you. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, always good to be here. So, but I thank God for him and Tammy. If you love your leaders, can you just give it up for them real quick? If you love your leaders this morning. Yeah. Also, um, thank God for, for Pastor Ryan. He and I, we hung out last night. We were just talking like two middle school girls and just hung out for hours. Our poor wives are looking at each other like, oh, my God, you know. Uh, but I thank God for this church, and I thank God for what you're doing. I thank God for the Life Center in Milwaukee. Man, that's amazing to see what God is doing there. And uh, I told Tiffany, I said, babe, I said, Life Church is coming to Milwaukee. She said, really? I said, yes. You know how it is when you got gossip, right? You know, yes. I said, babe, guess what? She said, what? I said, they got a black pastor. She said, what? I said, yes. And she, I said, babe, guess what? She's like, what? He's big and black. She said, really? I said, yes. It looks like Suge Knight filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, wow, wow. I said, then, then you guys don't even need an alarm system at the Milwaukee campus. Like, you imagine breaking in and somebody seeing Pastor Robert. Can I help you looking for something? Uh, my mind, I completely lost it because I didn't realize you would be here. But <laughs> I thank God for him, Pastor Robert. Let's give it up for him. And what he's, God is empowering him to do at that campus. Um, a cool, funny story, man, is Pastor Robert interned with me. So, man, like I said, this is just all this little family connection. So I'm so excited to see what God is doing there. My wife couldn't be here with you today um, because we had service this morning. Today marks one year since we've planted a church. So we're downtown Milwaukee. So this is one year ago today that we took over and so she's there i feel sorry for them because she's bossy she's bossing them around but uh god is good amen uh man i'm excited uh for what god is going to do in this service i'm excited for uh what god has laid on my heart um i tell people all the time if you ever go to a church and it's like primarily black church there's a difference between a sermon and a word okay sermon well today the title of my message is and here's the text and here's the context that it's coming from but a word is one of those like where you just go ooh, because mm, mm, it's like a kidney shot right and so that's what god has given me today is a word a word a word a word a word for the people of god so i'm excited for this journey that we're going to go on together so all you Bible scholars, if you have your Bibles with me, if you can turn with me to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings. 2 Kings is in the Old Testament. Genesis is the start of the Old Testament. And if you can't find Genesis, if you can find the book of Table of Contents, <laughs> you laugh. But there's a millennial that needed that. They're, oh, yeah, okay. You know, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Hey, today, um, 
while we're here, I want to talk to you from the topic this morning, authorized personnel only. Authorized personnel only. You'll see this sign behind me. Many of you have seen signs like this uh, before that say authorized personnel only. And what they do is they let you know you can do what you need to do, but there's an access point that if you don't have permission, you can't come back here. Okay. Authorized personnel only. Second Kings chapter 4. I want to read to you from verse number 11. Uh, to verse number 17. And what I want to do is I want to draw from this text. I'm going to draw from various aspects of this text to paint a picture for what I believe God wants to speak to the church at large today, but also a message in this season for the church. Let me start reading that with you today. Second Kings chapter 4, starting in verse number 11, the Bible says this. One day Elisha returned to Shunem, and he went up to the upper room to rest. He said to a servant, Gehazi, tell the woman of Shunem, I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied, my family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is an old man. Ooh. Mm. Have you ever had a bad situation and just had no hope? <laughs> That's messed up, man. I tell people all the time, you don't need reality TV. Just read the Bible. She doesn't have a son, and her husband is old. Verse number 15, he says, call her back again. Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her, as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. Many moms have cried that. No, not again. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha said. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Uh, this morning that you've given me the strength to stand behind this holy desk. I thank you for those who are listening under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that my words are not my own. But God, we say today that we want to leave change. We don't want to exit the way we've entered. And it's not because of who we are or who's speaking. It's because of your Holy Spirit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What in the world is going on? What we see in this text is we see a generous woman. I believe she's from Germantown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a difference. Okay, there's a white mom, and then there's white moms who bake cookies. <laughs> Seriously, I, every, every soccer team I used to be on, I used to love the white kid with the white mom who baked cookies. And she had cookies for everybody. Glory to God. That's an anointing from Jesus. And it was amazing. So she was a generous woman. She was a hospitable woman. She was a woman after the heart of God. She was a woman who didn't need credit. She was a woman who didn't need platform. You don't need a name tag that says, here's my position. She's a, she's a woman that doesn't need recognition, that doesn't need my name in the program. She's a woman who had a heart for God, and because of the heart she had for God, it compelled her to do things to further on his kingdom. She was a woman who was secure in who she was and what God called her to do. Not everybody's going to be up front, but she knew that my gift is hospitality. So if I take care of the man of God and he can rest, then he can, in return, take care of God's people. So she was a woman after the heart of God and said, listen, because I love him, it compels me to serve. Because I love him. Because I love him, it compels me to serve. So what she did was she, she studied Elisha. She knew, she said, okay, he's an itinerant 
minister. That means he travels from place to place. He's always going various places to, to preach the gospel or to proclaim a word from the Lord. Because at, during that time, is if you wanted to hear from God, you needed a prophet in the vicinity. So she was a woman that, that knew that. And, and she was a woman that said, listen, because I love God, I want to do something to bless somebody else. So what that she did was she built an addition onto her home. This is before Home and Garden TV. Yeah. She built an addition onto her home. And what this addition was, she literally built an addition, like an apartment, an extension onto her house, so that whenever Elisha would come, he would have a place to stay. She went all out with the accommodations. I mean, he had his own bed in the Bible days, right? Tempur-Pedic mattress, the whole nine. She had his own bed with the good sheets, the good thread count. Good sheets. He had a mini fridge in case he got hungry, and a stove and a lamp, and she was a couponer. So um, Ikea had a sale, and so she <laughs> said, I'm gonna decorate this space. But this space was, was not just a space. It, she went above and beyond for no reason other than I wanna bless the man of God, and I wanna bless the ministry, a nice space. I used to travel all the time before I became a pastor. And I thank, I thank God for people like this because the beautiful thing about this addition was Elisha had the ability to come and go as he pleased. And he didn't even have to interact with her and her family in the house, right? And the beautiful thing about that was there was not that awkward encounter in the morning. Have you ever had that awkward encounter where you're staying at somebody's house in the morning and it's like, oh, good morning, hey, you know, because, you know, some of us don't sleep with all, you know, our clothes. Anyway, um, it was... It was her gift, and Elisha was grateful for it. But if we could, just take a moment and pause. And I want to make this thing all come together, and it's going to be off the chain. You see this sign here. It says, authorized personnel only. It even has it in Spanish. Gloria a Dios. Aria restringida. Solo personal autorizado. I really had to practice that. Yeah. What that is, is you've seen that before. That means that there's something that exists on the opposite side of this door. There's something that exists behind this sign. There's something there of importance. But watch this. You can't get there unless you have access to it, unless you've been granted permission, unless you have the FOBS key, unless you have the ID card and it badges you in. There's something going on back there, but not everybody is privy to it. Authorize. Personnel only. That means there's a space back there, but it's a private space. Whew, it's about to get gooder and gooder. Those aren't even words. That's Ebonics, but I'm excited. <laughs> Authorize personnel only. So if you think about this for a moment, if you think about this for a moment, I want you to think about God. You ready for this? God is not just a God of the common, of the communal, or the collective. He's a God of the crevices, too. I dropped this mic, but it's real expensive. He's not just a God of the common, the communal, or the collective. He's a God of the crevices, too. Pastor Greg, what are you saying? God does not just care about the parts of your life that people can see. 
God does not just care about the parts of your life that you're willing to portray to people. God does not just care about the image that you desire people to see on your social media. God cares about the things that keep you up at night. God cares about the little subtle forms of anxiety that, 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 that cause you to worry a little bit. God cares about wounds uh, uh, on your life. Not wounds that people can see, but wounds that may have happened uh, to, to your heart where people can't see. God cares about these things. So he's not just interested in, in what everybody can access he's interested in the private places too he's not just a god of the common or the communal or the collective he's a god of the crevices too i think about this beautiful woman and you hear you hear gehazi and you hear elisha and elisha's persistent i want to bless her i want to take care of her Get ready for this. What you make happen for God, God makes happen for you. What you make happen for God, God makes happen for you. You start making things happen for God in his ministry and forging his kingdom. Don't be surprised if prayers you pray start being answered. Amen. Give and it shall be given back to you. Shake down, pressing together, running over. Nobody ever heard that before. What you make happen for him, he makes happen for you. Elisha is a type of Christ during this time. Prophets are weird dudes. Weird dudes. Elijah, he get a word from the Lord. He come out of the middle of nowhere. He proclaimed the word of the Lord. He walked back into the middle of nowhere. They're like, what was that? I don't know. It's, that dude a little off. I know. Elisha's a type of Christ. Whenever you see Elisha interact with people in the Old Testament, he was dialoguing with people. He was in their homes. He was very relational. And so he cared, and he had concern, and he said, huh. So a servant says she doesn't have a son. And her husband is old. Ooh. <laughs> she doesn't have a son and her husband is old. And Elisha says, bring her to me. Bring her to me. Bring her to me. This is going to make sense after you understand the historical context. Friends, this was not the world we live in. This place of Shunem was populated primarily by Jewish people. During that time, if you wanted acceptance as a woman, if you wanted approval as a woman, affirmation as a woman, if you wanted to be considered a person of value, it was predicated on your ability to have children, this woman was barren. She was a good woman. She was a hurt woman. Think about that for a moment. She was a good woman. She was a hurt woman. She wasn't accepted. She wasn't accepted at large within society because she was barren. She didn't have the ability to have children. So she wasn't deemed a blessed woman during that time. She was a hurt woman. God doesn't just care about the common, the communal, or the collective. He cares about the crevices, too. So as he, being Elisha, dialogues with this woman, she comes to him and he says, this time next year, you're going to have a son. Now, here's where she transitions from Germantown to Milwaukee. Her inner black woman came out. Did I not ask you for a son, my lord? Modern day translation, why you got to go there? 
what Elisha did was Elisha pricked a wound. He pricked something that people couldn't see. He, she, he pricked something that she wasn't portraying. He pricked something that wasn't on display in public, but he pricked a place in her life and in her heart where I'm really hurting and I'm, I'm really feeling insufficient. I'm really feeling broken. I'm really feeling desperate. I'm really feeling depressed. I'm really feeling like I can't measure up to other people and the expectations that this society has placed on me, but I'm a good person and I show up to church every single week and I watch people, bad kids, that they don't want to watch themselves in children's ministry and I love the Lord and I'm just going to be grateful for what God has given me, but truth be told, I'm human and so being human, I'm exposed to hurt. I want to give somebody permission to be human today. I love it. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm fine. No, you're not. No, you're not. Sorry, though. God loves you. Truth is, right now, you can't stand your husband, so let's be honest. <laughs> she was a good woman. She was a hurt woman. So Elisha, he, he speaks to a place. He speaks to a valley in her life. He speaks to a void in her life. He speaks to a place that she had tucked away in a dark like, Listen, we're just going to act like that never happened. Anybody ever had that happen before? We'll just sweep it under the rug, and we'll just pretend we won't talk about it again. Ha! <laughs> There's a lot of people like this woman in churches all across America. They're good people, they're hurt people, and because of their hurt, they lost a sense of hope. They're people who don't even pray for things that are really on their heart anymore because they just, they've accepted the fate of their present reality and they just say like, you know what? Well, maybe it just wasn't for me. Maybe I'm not like other people. Maybe that, you know what? The things of my heart that I desire, maybe God just doesn't answer that prayer and they've accepted it. And so what Elijah did that day is when he spoke that prophetic word to that woman was he pierced an area. And you can tell by her response, I didn't ask you for this. Why are you doing this? Why would you have the audacity to say something like that to me? Let me tell you something. Because God cares, he knows, and he loves you. Because God cares, he knows, and he loves you. He loves you more than you love yourself. He loves you when he knows the voids in your life, the voids in your heart. He loves you when he knows the wounds of the past, the mistakes of the past, the imperfections of the past. He loves you beyond the things that you wish would go away, beyond the things you wish that you never did or you never had to encounter. He loves you, and guess what? He's a good father, and so a good father's not going to leave it swept under the rug. He's going to pull it on the carpet. Now, I know a little bit of something about this woman because I'm married. I'm married to a black woman. Pray for me. <laughs> and I don't know about you husbands in the house, like it's a woman's pet peeve or her level of anxiety arises if she knows you're inviting people over, she's not prepared and the house is not clean. <laughs> you wanna see Tupac come out of a chick real quick <laughs> and watch her ride on her enemies and make sure everybody die when she rides? <laughs> Invite somebody over, don't tell me and let the house not be clean. A woof. She'll speak in a tongue you can interpret. Because listen, there's a standard and appearance I want portrayed. And I don't want people thinking something less than what I'm trying to portray because of what's being displayed. Ooh, that's good right there. 
So you know what I do as a good husband? <laughs> throw it in the guest room. Just throw it in the, and shut the door. And guess what? If you got good home etiquette, there's some places in people's house you should not go. If the door is not open, don't go in the door. Don't go. Just leave it closed. The bathroom and the living space, just stay in those confines and you ain't got to see the junk. You ain't got to see it. But man, God is a trespasser. You invite him in, now he just, why can't you just sit in the living room with everybody else? You want to go and check all over? Yeah, because I care. And I know and I love you. That's why. Oftentimes what we do in the, spirit, in the spiritual represents what we do in the physical. She built an addition unto her home. I need you to just, just picture this in your mind with me. She built an addition unto her home. And she, I mean, she went all out to make it inviting, to make it hospitable, to make it warm, to make it welcoming, to make it be a home away from home. She built this place, and this was the place where Elisha could dwell, where he could reside, where he could rest, where he could just be at home. And these were the quarters, and these were the confines, and this was the construct, construct of it, the place that she built, and this was the front door. And you're good as long as you stay in the place that I've built for you, and you don't come behind the front door. Okay, you ready for this? It's about to get gooder. I told you that. Elisha's a type of Christ. You know what we often do with our relationship with Christ? This is this place and space that I've built for you, God. This is the place and space that I'm allowing you to dwell, that I'm allowing you to live at in my life, that I'm allowing you to see. This is the place of intimacy. This is the depth that I provided for you, God. These are the true matters of my heart that I'm allowing you to come in, for you to heal, for you to deliver, for you to help me. But God, you are all good. I love you. I'm going to cry. I'm going to serve in church. I'm going to worship. I'm going to throw my hands up. I'm going to listen to all the Christian music in the world. And we're going to hang out right here. But God, you're not allowed back here <laughs> and I'll love you to the level of my comfort and my convenience and what I feel prepared for and what ultimately we do in that moment it says God I probably don't trust you I don't really know that you love me but this makes sense in my mind so stay where I understand Whew. Put that in your Christian pipe and smoke it later. <laughs> and we've given him a space. Well, this is where you can stay because this is where I've given you permission to be in my life. And these are the issues that I'm willing to address. And outside of that, we don't need to talk, God, because this is the place in my life where you can dwell. But if you want to start talking about issues that I really struggle with and things of the past, my childhood, my, oh, oh, no, mm -mm. this is the place where you can dwell, because this is the place where I want people to see. I need them to be impressed. I need them to feel welcome. But don't go behind the front door, because that's authorized personnel only, and I have not given you permission to go back there. Pew. Recently, I was speaking at a retreat, and there's times as a pastor and a leader that you can feel something. And I was walking, and there's a woman who grabbed me by the arm. And she grabbed me, and I looked into her eyes, and she had tears welling up in her eyes. And there's a difference between people who need something and people who are desperate, who've lost all hope. And I see a glimmer of light, and I'm, I'm just believing that maybe something could happen. I look into her eyes, I see the essence and the epitome of a broken heart. And she finally gathers up 
enough control to speak and she shares with me something no parent should ever have to experience in regards to their teenage daughter. And she's devastated and she's heartbroken and she's grieving and she's mourning. And she's telling me what happened and she's telling me what's going on in her child's life. And simultaneously I'm having this conversation with the woman. It's like the Holy Spirit just lays something on me and out of my mouth I say, you know, your biggest fear is you don't want to happen to your daughter what happened to you. And she collapsed, she broke, and we prayed. And that was the day we declared that generational curses are gonna be broken in the name of Jesus. She didn't come to me and say, hey, I need you to heal me for this wound that's been locked up inside for 56 years of my life. I want you to pray for my daughter. This is the isolated issue that I want you to address and I want you to pray for. But the spirit of God in me wouldn't let me stay there. I said, it's bigger than that. And not only am I going to pray for your daughter, ma'am, but God loves you enough to allow me to pray for you and know specifically what you need prayer for. So excuse me while I have to go behind this unauthorized place. That's how much God loves you, friends. He loves you. I think oftentimes we don't understand what he says. Like, before I knew you, <laughs> you know, before you were born, I knew you. Like, you were in your mother's room. I don't think we understand that, you know. I, I don't think we understand the magnitude of, of what the Bible says, that you theologians, the ex nihilo, out of nothing. He breathed us out of nothing. Out of, I don't think we get that and we think in our mind that, hey, I'm hiding something from you. How? He's God. How? He loves you enough to patiently wait until you're ready to address it, though. That's the Holy Spirit. And we're going to deal with this issue. And my wife's a nurse, so I've learned one thing about diseases or infection, primarily cancer. Whenever it's found and it's treatable, you have to operate and you have to go in, you have to get it from the root. Because if you don't get it from the root, it has the potential to spread. And when it spreads, it contaminates, and ultimately it can lead to death. And I don't know about you, but there's some people that God said, hey, there's some things and areas and spaces in your life that I want to get from the root, because I don't want it to spread. I don't want this to continue to be something that, that, that burdens you, that, that, that concerns you, that, that keeps you locked up on the inside. And I don't want you to just live this life of, Here's what I'm showing people, but here's what's really going on. Can I just say this, like I've been saying in the last three services? It's time for the church to be the church. The Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice, but it also says mourn with those who mourn. And many of us are like this beautiful Shunammite woman. It's not the fact that we don't love God. It's not the fact that we're serving in ministry, but we're imperfect people. We have carnal nature. We all suffer from sin. We all have the effects from a fallen nature of man in our life. And sometimes things aren't okay. Sometimes things hurt. Sometimes I'm depressed. Sometimes I need help. Sometimes I'm reminded of things that have happened long ago and they still affect me today. Give me permission to be human for a moment. I'm speaking to leaders too. People with public platforms. And so I'm just like, well, we got to. Be Superman. No, sometimes you need to show him Clark Kent. I'm human. I'm hurting. 
and I need help. So there's two things I often ask people. I said, are you healed or are you coping? Now, I've offended a lot of Christians with this question. Well, you know, yeah, this happened in my past. And da, 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 da. Cool. Are you healed or are you coping? What? Big difference. Healed means it happened in the past. It doesn't plague me anymore. Coping means it still pops its head up, but every time it does, I find a way to medicate. Healed means being able to tell somebody your story and help them be set free. Coping means that whenever I'm minded, reminded of the incident, I find myself having a drink to numb the pain to make it go away or acting out in some type of way to make it go away. Do you know in the Bible, within the New Testament, whenever Jesus interacted with people, cast demons out of people, healed the sick, he would say these words. He would say, be made whole. complete every nook every crevice be made whole i'm not looking for you to tuck something in the guest room where people won't go in be made whole not be made 50 percent 75 percent 99.6 percent and i'll hide the other 0.4 behind my christian service and my duty and they may not know be made whole and some of us know what it feels like to go through things and seasons and lose hope. This woman had lost so much hope and the ability that God to bless her with a child, she stopped praying for it. Some of us in this place, there's things we once believed God for that we've just stopped praying for because we don't believe it can happen. There's, a, there's couples in here who've been believing God for things as a couple and we haven't seen it happen and we've just lost hope. There's people in here that have probably deemed their present fate as their reality. Well, maybe that that's just not for me, and maybe I'm just not a good enough person, or maybe uh, a God doesn't love me as such, as such and such, and so maybe he's just going to answer their prayers, and he's going to bless that individual, but maybe for me, you know, that's just, that, the, the, those cards aren't in my deck, and, and I've accepted my present reality because in my rationale, it helps me cope, but the truth of the matter is that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he needs to repent. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He gave his son Jesus to die for us, and Jesus died, and he gave his life for us, and he ascended back to heaven, and he's at the right hand of the Father. In Matthew 3, 17, Christ came in the form of a human, was baptized by John the Baptist. At that point, there was a voice that resounded from heaven that said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, and God knew that that I need a way to let divine nature be mixed with dirt. And so I'm going to give my son to die on behalf of people with a broken and fallen nature. And once they accept Jesus into their life, they're baptized into the body of Christ. So when Christ is at the right hand of his father and the father says, this is my son is who in whom I'm well pleased. He's speaking to people at Life Church this morning saying, this is my child in whom I'm well Pleased, and every good parent needs to make sure their child is okay. Because he loves you. As a pastor, there's one thing I'm noticing most. Just because people are in the seats and in the pews doesn't mean that all is well. And the Bible says also that we need to know the condition of the flock. If we can put up that last picture for me today. This is a picture of 
of a, of, of, a, of a pastor. This really hit home for me this week. This pastor is 30 years old, same age as me, pastoring a thriving church in California, married to a beautiful wife, has two beautiful children. Last week, this pastor tragically took his own life. I didn't say he was on dire times. I didn't say he was in a struggling church. I said it was thriving, and he took his own life because in his mind, death seemed better than facing his present reality. Not because he probably didn't love God, was called by God to the ministry, God using to bless other people, but because there were some doors in his life, probably they had this sign on there that said restricted area, authorized personnel only. And I'm gonna function. But just because I'm functioning doesn't mean I'm flourishing. And just because I'm coping doesn't mean I'm healed. And I'm sure that if somebody had access to that, that space that was a restricted place, maybe the outcome wouldn't have been the same. I want to preach to people in here who maybe you be in here this weekend. You said, I've given up hope. And the thought of death is not always suicidal. But I'm going to preach. I'm going to speak to people and say, you know what? It'd be a lot easier to be dead than if just to continue to deal with what I'm dealing with right now. And their hope is hope is lost. Hope is gone. I just but you wouldn't know that by my job title. You wouldn't know that by the home I live in. You wouldn't know that by the clothes I wear. There's 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 some hope that's gone. And maybe this message for some of you has been like that prophetic word Elisha gave that woman of Shunammite. Pastor Greg, I knew you were coming, but why'd you have to go there? Because God loves you. And it's his plan for you. As he says in Isaiah, by his stripes we are healed. Not just of physical wounds, mental and emotional wounds. First John chapter 3 says, Beloved, above all, I wish that you would be in good health and prosper even as your soul prospers. Your soul, the essence of who you are, that place that nobody can see. God wants it well. So I'm going to ask if my prayer partners can come join me up front this morning. Because here's what I want to do. I'm going to give people the opportunity to say, God, you know what? I'm going to allow you behind the front door, behind the unauthorized place in my life. And even as you come forward this morning, sometimes it's like I don't even need to say anything. <laughs> I don't even need to tell you my sob story. Just pray. Just pray. For some people, just, just give me a hug. I just need a little bit of oomph to keep going this morning. I'm not just preaching to people who don't know Jesus. I'm preaching to those of us who come into church week in and week out. Just pray with me. Or maybe you just need a place to just be and just say, you know what? I don't need anybody to pray with me, but I just want to use this time to, to come before God and say, God, there are some areas in my life that doors have been locked and signs have put up on the door, and I'm not trying to face it. I don't want to deal with it, but God, I know, I know that you can do that which no man can fathom. And so, God, I'm going to give you access today. I want to be made whole. And maybe you just need just that time and space to pray. So in a moment, I'm going to count to three, not because of anything special, no hocus pocus, no magic tricks. I'm not, you know, I'm just a black man, you know, pretty fly if I say so myself, but you know, nothing special. But by counting, it just it helps us all collectively get on the same space. And for some of us, after that, I want you to come for it. I want you to just pray. Like I said, you don't even need to say anything. 
Sometimes your face would just say, just, just pray. For some of you, hey, we're giving you a time just to respond this morning. Let me encourage you with something. You know you're free the moment you stop caring what other people will think if I respond. Be made whole. Here we go. One, two, three. Allow us to pray with us. Come forward at this time.